Praise God. I think of the verse of Scripture in Hebrews that says simply, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. I am so glad I serve a God today that is consistent. He doesn't change. And because of that, if I approach Him the right way, He will always respond. Do you believe that today? Do you believe today, seriously, that if you approach Him in faith, in humbleness, in repentance in worship and in praise, that he will lift you up. Do you believe that today? Why don't we take a moment? Let's humble ourselves in prayer just a moment and just ask God to forgive every sin, to remove all the evil, to remove all the distractions. Let's let's take a moment and just humble ourselves. Can we do that? Lord, we need you today. We are nothing without you as the branch without the vine can do nothing. We can do nothing without you. We pray that your forgiveness would flow through this place. I pray, God, every sin would be forgiven. God, every broken thing would be healed. We need you, and we believe you in Jesus' name to do it. Do you believe him? Come on, somebody. Do you believe him to do it? Now let's praise him because his power just entered into this place. His word was just fulfilled when we prayed that. Now, come on, somebody. You need to praise him like his power is already here because it is here. Come on, let's lift him up. He is worthy today of our praise. Lord Jesus, you are high and lifted up. You are the king of all kings. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's praise him. He's more powerful than the president. He's more powerful than the pope. He's more powerful than anything that's going on in this world. And he has graced us with the, come on somebody, let's praise a big, mighty God with big, mighty praise. Oh, come on church, let's magnify the name of the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Put our hands together in this place.
Let everything that has breath. Let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. 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 Praise Him. Let's praise Him.
Colossians 1.15 said, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, the beginning of creation. In other words, he's a great big God and he's in control. God is still on the throne and he is still in control. We have a victory report. Brother Joel was promoted at work. Hallelujah. We had a tremendous miracle service at Kindred today, and God just shook the foundation of that place. That belongs to the Lord, and God is doing a great work in that place. We have several prayer requests here. Jaden is very sick, and he needs a touch from God today. Also, Sister Irene Vasquez, if you please remember uh, Laura and Frankie Allen, who is in the hospital, who needs a touch from God. If you need a touch from God today, his presence is here to meet every need in this place. We're going to open these altars. If you'd like the ministry team to pray for you and just believe the Lord to do the work. Let's just pray right now. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for including us, Lord, in your great plan. We thank you, Lord, for caring for us. Now we cast our cares upon you. I pray right now that you stretch forth your hand and heal. Deliver, Lord God. Be glorified in all that we do. Lift up Sister Irene. Touch Jaden today, Lord God, in every need in this house. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Continue to worship the Lord today. into the place. Nothing remains the same. Everything changes. Hallelujah. The darkness is turned into light. Hallelujah. The sick are healed. Hallelujah. The blind can see. Hallelujah. That is our great, our mighty God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. And when you walk into the room, everything changes darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring and when you walk into the room every heart starts burning cause nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you is that what you came to do Oh, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's 
lift our hands in this we place. We want Lord. you. God of miracles. Oh, I believe. 
the one who does the impossible always reaching out to make me whole reaching out to make me whole the one who put death in its place his life is flowing through my veins his life is flowing through my veins i believe in you
going on in the house of God and in the family of God. I have received victory reports. People have gotten promotions on their jobs. People have gotten new jobs. People have, have been blessed financially. We serve a God that keeps real good books. I mean real good books. God is faithful and he will always be as we're faithful to him. Right now, our junior usher team is coming. We're going to give you an opportunity to give in an offering. I want to remind you that there is a youth rally on the 23rd of February. That's a Saturday evening, and it will be at Abundant Life Church on West Cheyenne, uh, just off of Rainbow there at Brother Dan Oliveira's church. Also, that same weekend on Friday night, the 22nd of February, Brother Basil Munro that pastors in Pahrump, We'll be celebrating his 35th church anniversary, and I am going to be preaching that service on that Friday night. If you want to go to Pahrump, we're going to go down there and celebrate with them uh, on the 22nd. And then on the 26th of February, which is a Tuesday night, there will be a special full-length drama here, Darkness is Light to Him, uh, written by Brother Howie Tiller. And uh, we will begin at 7 o'clock that night. Dinner will be served at 6 o'clock that night. If you'd like to come and have dinner, it's $5. And uh, that way you don't have to cook, but you bring your friends. Let's pack this house. We will not have a curtain call, but we will have an altar call when it's over. I said we will have an altar call when it's over. God will do some great things. 
Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness. If you want to give online, it's ptlv.org. Our church secretary has her card reader in the back if you want to give electronically, or you can give to one of these fine-looking young men right here. Dear Jesus, thank you for an opportunity to give to your cause. I ask you now to bless the gift. The giver, use every bit of it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you as you give. This is my prayer that you would bless me. This is my prayer that your hand be with me. This is my prayer from evil you'd keep me, Lord. This is my prayer that you would not grieve me.
praise. Hallelujah. God is so good, amen. God is so good. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad that I'm able to get up here and preach, amen. I love Praise Tabernacle. Because when we get to this part of the service, we already plowed. We already got that worship going, amen. And I believe once we do our part in that second, that first service at 2 o'clock, and we plowed and we planted, and I know that now God's going to give the increase today, amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. I just read an article about an atheist. He's a famous person, and uh, he was dying, so he wrote out his funeral plans and he told everybody that he had sent this uh, invitation to his funeral to he sent all this information and he said there's going to be this and there's going to be this speaker and that speaker but there will be no singing there's no singing and then he'd say something else he said but there will be no singing and he kept saying that and somebody thought well that's kind of peculiar why wouldn't there be any singing well I know why, because he didn't believe in God, and if you don't have a God, what's the use of singing, amen? Amen? And so I come here today, I want you to know that God's going to do something great. If we'll all stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, let's go to Acts chapter 4, verses number 12 and 13. 12 is everybody's favorite scripture, one of them, but 13 is my favorite scripture in the Bible. Now, notice uh, if you can have a favorite scripture. I like them all, but I love 13, chapter 4 of Acts. So, 4.12, neither is there salvation in the other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's cut and dry. That's clear. That name is Jesus. Now, I like verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to preach for a little while. It's time to go through what you're going through. Amen. The only way you can go through what you're going through is if you know who Jesus Christ is. That's the most important thing. Amen. And you know what? This world, they, they put a lot of stock in education. But I'm going to tell you something. Them doctors still can't cure cancer. But I'm telling you, nine years ago, I had stage four cancer. And guess what? My God healed me. <clears throat> the doctors put me in isolation and said, there's no hope. You're not going home. I got news for you. I came home, amen. But I didn't come home all decrepit and all pitiful. But I got a touch of the master's hand, amen. There was a consequence of divine exposure. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. <clears throat> If you need healing, you need to be exposed to the presence of God. Amen. And that's why we worship when we come here. Don't you dare sit down and fold your hands. There's somebody that needs a miracle. They need to be exposed to the presence of God. <coughs> God's looking for somebody to worship him today because somebody's hurting. There's marriages that are falling apart. And you know what? All they need to do is be exposed to the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Man, I, I tell you what, about four years ago, I, I had lost a whole lot of weight. I lost over uh, close to, well, 100 pounds. And, you know, we, 
we would go places and they'd say, you can't zip line, you're too heavy. You can't ride the horses, you're too heavy. You can't do this. And I got so tired of it when I lost that 100 pounds, I didn't call Sister Aver because I knew she wouldn't give me permission. But I went up to the stratosphere and I went all the way to the top and it's an 857 foot jump, bungee jump off. And I got up there and I said, you know what, I'm going to beat it this time. I, I, I can meet the weight limit and I'm just going to do it because I never could do anything before that. And I got up there and they do all these checks and they put that harness, that bungee jumping on the back of you. And, and I, I was up there and all of a sudden I got to thinking about what I was doing. And, and I thought, man, you're an idiot, man. And I got up there, and of course, you know, y'all know me. I pick about being Texan. Texans are, you know, everything in Texas is bigger, you know what I'm saying? Everything about Texas is great. And, my, and I'm up there telling those guys I'm from Texas. And when they got me out, right before it was my turn, there was a little girl. She was 16 years old, amen? It's not on? Oh, sorry about that. Boys, technology. <clears throat> and so I, I, I got up there, and right before I jumped, I, I was thinking, man, I, I could go back down. There was a little old 16-year-old girl weighed about 100 pounds. She walks right out to that platform. Boom, she jumps. And then I said, I can't back out now, man. I done told these guys I'm a Texan. But I'm not going to lie, I wanted to. I got it on. They videoed it. I got out there, and when I stepped on that, I grabbed that rail with both hands. He said, walk on out there. He said, Give me time. I'm fixing to. <clears throat> and I walked out on that, on that little uh, plank. <laughs> you're literally walking the plank. And you're so high up, and you can't, when you look down, you can't even see the ground because it's it, the way you're positioned. You can't see down that way. And I, I stood there, and the guy said, I'm going to say, three, two, one, when I tap you on the back, jump. And I'm, my brain was saying, no, you're not. <laughs> man, that was the consequence of fear. I was fearing some things right there. And so I said, I'm going to do it. So I got out there, and he said, three, two, one, he tapped me on the back, and I jumped. And, you know, you really don't realize what you do until you jump. And when you jump, you think, oh, what in the world? And the first thing that comes to your mind is, don't tempt the Lord. <laughs> but it's too late. I'm already out there. And, man, I started falling at a rapid pace. And after about, oh, 100 feet, I liked it. <clears throat> wow, this yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. And then when it gets down there, it kind of bounces you, and all of a sudden, when it bounces you, you go back down. Then that fear keeps coming back. <laughs> that feeling of nothing being attached to you. Even though you know it's there, you don't really realize it's there. And it drops you, looking, and it bounces back. And so three times, fear kept coming back to me. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, is that's how the devil works. The devil wants to get you out on a ledge. He wants you to do something that you know you shouldn't do. And when you jump and when you do what you're doing, all of a sudden you say, oh, you know, it's not that bad. And then all of a sudden you get that little pop and it comes back up. And that feeling of falling again goes, oh, no, 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 no. And you're wondering, why does this keep going on? Because you jumped. You did something you weren't supposed to do. 
And I took that video back and I said, I said, Lori, look at this. And I looked at it and she looked at it and she just looked at me and said, idiot. <laughs> and I had to agree with her. But you know, that's how this world is. This world wants you to jump. He wants you young people to jump out into that world. He wants you to try things that you know you shouldn't try. It wants you to tempt the Lord. It tells you, oh, it's okay. Everybody's doing it. My dad taught me that a long time ago. I don't know if y'all remember, man. They used to have plaid pants. And even cowboys wore plaid pants. And, and uh, they were wranglers, but they were still plaid. And I told my dad, I'm going to give me a pair. He said, no, you're not. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, no. I said, I'll buy them. He said, you better buy two pair because I'll cover one up with dirt and put the other one in and cover that one up with dirt too. I said, everybody's doing it. He said, not everybody, you're not. And let me tell you something, young people, everybody's not doing it if you don't do it, amen? Everybody's not doing it if you say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. You know why? I've been in the presence of God. I've been exposed to the presence of God. The consequences of divine exposure. I don't care who you are. This world says you can't get out of being an alcoholic. You're an alcoholic. That's a lie from the devil. Amen. You get exposed to the presence of God and old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. The consequences of divine exposure. God begins to change things. God begins to let you see things differently. Why? He's making you a new creature in Christ. Some of you came in here today and you think, oh man, my life is messed up. I'm in a dark place. And it's like being in a tunnel and there's a light coming. You say, oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You come to find out it's a train coming right at you. Amen. Some of you are faced with another, sh uh, another train wreck coming at you right now. But oh, if you'll let God get a hold of you and be exposed to the consequences of the divine exposure, you know what's going to happen? God will take you out of darkness huh, and put you into this marvelous light. I walked into that church hooked on drugs and drinking, uh, but on April 9, 1980, something got a hold of me. Uh, it got in my hands, it got in my feet, it got all over me. I got exposed to the consequences of the divine exposure. I'm from Texas, South Texas. They got beaches down there. They're ugly beaches, but they're beaches. And uh, you could always in the summertime know when somebody been to the beach because you'll go fill up your car with gas and you see these kids and they're burnt red, bright red, lobster red. You don't have to ask them, hey, where have y'all been? You know where they've been. They've been to the beach. They're burnt. They got exposed to the sun. You see, the more you get exposed to something, the more like that something you become. That's why alcoholics, they get exposed to alcohol and they begin to drink more of it and they become an alcoholic because that's what they expose themselves to. Cigarettes the same way. Oh, I know you kids think you're cool. You'll slip off and smoke your cigarette with some friends. Oh, it's only one. That's why they sell them 20 to a pack, my friend. They don't just, do, one won't satisfy you. Once you jump off uh, and once you get out there and you're falling, guess what? Oh, it's not that bad. And you'll smoke one and smoke two. That's why people are hooked. That's why habits are formed. By That's even a harder habit than drugs to let go. Let's talk about marijuana, of course. But heroin, those in crack, that's a hard one to get off of. And you can't get off of it unless you get exposed to the presence of God. Amen? 
And I'm here to tell you young people, don't you dare take that dive. Don't you dare say one time, there's not an alcoholic out there on Main Street that's living in a cardboard box right now that ever intended to end up there. They just ended there because they kept getting exposed to it to the point to where they began to take on that characteristic. But on April 9th, 1980, I walked in a drug addict. I walked in an alcoholic. I walked in with a filthy mouth cussing, but something got a hold of me. I got exposed to the presence of God, and when I left there, I left a new creature in Christ. It didn't take me a month. It didn't take me 12 steps to get off the alcohol and drugs. My God set me free. And when, the, when God sets you free, you're free indeed. Amen. Uh, I'm trying to tell you, you want to get exposed to something, don't get, get exposed to this world. Get exposed to the presence of God. Let Jesus Christ just get a hold of you. The Bible said that they said they were ignorant and unlearned. I, I've had people tell me that. They said, man, you're ignorant. I can't argue with them. Because they're so superior. You're ignorant. <clears throat> yeah, you, you think God's going to send me to hell? No, God won't send you anywhere. You send yourself there. You see, people fail to realize that death is the equalizer. Whether you live for God or don't live for God, when you die, you're going to meet the maker. Amen. And death is the equalizer. You might have a whole lot of money, but when you get to, uh, on judgment day, if you ain't sold out to God, if you had not been exposed to his presence, guess what? That money can't buy you that way in, in there. Amen. You're not going to make it. But, oh, I got in there, man, and God got a hold of me. And, and people say, well, you're ignorant. No, they're, they're smoking or, or they're, they're drunk. Can't hardly stand up. I got to help them, amen. And, and you're ignorant, man. You, you, you're crazy. You think you, you ain't going to ever mount anything. They're telling me I'm not going to mount anything. And that never made me, oh, you know what? You're right. I just, I'm going to go find me some dope. Let me tell you something. Anybody in here can leave right now and go downtown, and you can find any kind of dope you want. You can buy any kind of alcohol you want. It don't take a man or a woman to do that, but it takes a man or a woman to walk out of that street and come in here and let the presence of God be exposed to them and let them turn their life around and walk out a new creature in Christ. That's what a man is. That's what a man of God is. I ain't going to let the devil wreck my marriage. I'm going to get in the presence of God until I take on his characteristics. I'm going to get in the presence of God until God changes me. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. You might have walked in here and you might have been exposed to the world and, and your life's being tore apart and you don't see any hope. I, that's, that's what the devil, he wants to make you think there's no hope, but I got a hope. Huh? My Bible says, some glad morning, some glad morning. When this life is o'er, I'm going to fly away. You hear what I'm saying? You might want to stay here. I don't want to. Paul wrote in the book of Romans chapter 8, he said, for I reckon that the suffering of this world can't even be compared, or the, the glory of this world can't even be compared to the glory that's set before him. Amen? Amen? See, God's telling us, I got a hope. He says, I got a hope. I got a hope. I, I heard this one black preacher, Morris Golder, you two of me, you'll fall in love with him. 
He preached into his 90s, but he preached a message. I got a hope. The creature shall be delivered from the bondage of this corruption. He said, I don't know when, but corruption's all around me, but there's a deliverance day coming. You might be faced with sickness. You might be faced with some kind of habit or anything, but if you'll get exposed to the presence of God, my God can change your situation. He said, I got a hope. The creature shall be delivered from the bondage of this corruption. I don't know when, but I know it's going to come. Amen. He said, I went to the dentist and he pulled out some teeth and the teeth he didn't pull out fell out. Corruption, amen. He said, believe it or not, I don't have, uh, it's not a family trait to be bald, but I got a bald spot right back here. He said, I get up and shout for a while and then Father Time has picked my pocket and I got to sit and rest for a little while. He said, corruption all around me, but I got a hope. Some glad morning, some glad morning when this life is over, we'll fly away. Maybe you've got a habit that you walked in here with. Maybe you're strung out on something. Maybe you are so full of doubt and fear. I've got a God that wants to expose you to his love, to his power, to his presence. And when the devil says, you can't do that, say, idiot. I can do it. Because I can do all things through Christ. See, a lot of people think they can do it through chemo. They can do it through all these other things. Hey, I've been there, and I'm not downing anybody that when the when, when doctor tells you you got cancer, you're going to die, you, you don't, don't judge somebody. They're going to do what they think they need to do. But they almost killed me, and I was in isolation uh, for, for nine days, and in that nine days, I, I tell you, I, I, I wasn't mad at God. I didn't say, God, I hate you, God. I can't believe you did this. But I quit talking to God. I quit talking to him. And so God says, okay, I'll show you. He put me in isolation nine days where I couldn't talk to anybody. Guess who I talked to? I had to have a little talk with Jesus. I had to tell him about all my problems. He heard my faintest cry, and he answered by and by, amen. And in that moment, that's when God healed me. God changed my situation. God changed. And you know what? Even though I was still going through it, I already in my heart and mind, I got to the other side. It's time to go through what you're going through. It's not time to sit down and pity. It's not time to say, I can't do it. It's time to say, wait a second. I'm going to go through what I'm going through. And what did they say? When they saw the boldness. Now they, 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 they saw that he, they were ignorant and unlearned. That's what the Bible says. But all of a sudden they said when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they marveled. You know what makes a difference in this world's life, these alcoholics, these drug addicts, these marriages that are falling apart, is that when they see the church healthy, when they see the church on fire, when they see the church excited and they can lift holy hands and, and we don't look like the world or act like the world, that's when they see that they say, oh, you know what? They marvel. That word marvel means they shake their head and scratch it. They shake their head and they scratch it. Man, they marveled and took knowledge of them. They took knowledge of Peter and John. They took knowledge of them. But why? That they had been with the Pentecostal church. They took knowledge of them that they had been with the choir. They took knowledge of them that they had been to a crusade. No. They took knowledge that they had been with Christ, Jesus Christ. You know why? They took not because that's who influenced them. That was the divine exposure. And the longer you hang out with Jesus, the more of his characteristics you're going to take on. Amen. 
That's why I praise Tabernacles here. I'm going to come and worship God. Why? I'm being exposed to the presence of God. I'm going to love like he loves. I'm going to see things the way he sees them. I'm going to see people the way he sees them. I'm not going to walk by them and brush by them, but I'm going to let them know there is a hope. The creature shall be delivered. And if you're battling drugs or alcohol or any kind of immorality, my God wants to set you free today. You can be exposed to the presence of God. Somebody shout praise the Lord. The consequences of divine exposure. The consequences of divine exposure. Man, when I was in the world, I sold out to the world. But when God changed me, when I stepped into his presence and I was broken by that revelation, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ is God, and he loves you. He loves you so much that he robed himself in the flesh, and he came down and dwelt among men. And when he dwelt among men, he gave them that hope. Amen? You know, if you'll get your um, uh, encyclopedias, now your Googles out, you you can read that uh, there's parts of, of the Asian culture where they can grow rice where we couldn't grow it. We have big rice fields in Texas and Arkansas, but you can't grow rice the way they grow it over there. They grow it and it just wouldn't work here. But they call them the sons of the soil because they say those people that can grow that rice in those countries uh, take on the nature of the soil. They know what the soil is. They know how to work the soil. They know what to do. So they call them the sons of the soil. There's places in, uh, in the desert, in, in the Mideast and everything, that, that people can live in the desert day in and day out. You and I would go drop us off there. We'd be dead the first day we're there. Make it maybe two days, but we couldn't make it. But they call them the sons of the desert. That's what they call them, the sons of the desert, because they take on the nature of the desert, and they're able to live in that kind of an atmosphere where other people can't live. And see, that's why God robed himself in the flesh and he came down and he took on the nature of man and he conquered that nature. And then he, he brings us to the book of Acts where it says, let all the house of Israel know assuredly God hath made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and they said, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen. I'm here to tell you that God is telling you today that he wants to, and that's what the Bible says, you become the sons of God. You become, why? I'm taking on his nature now. He put his spirit in me so that I can conquer the nature of man and I don't have to live a life of drugs and alcohol and immorality, but he gives me his nature. Woo! Somebody shout praise the Lord. Musicians, come get ready. I'm here to tell you that God's moving on somebody right now. Somebody's faith is soaring. Somebody knows they need their marriage needs to be saved. Somebody knows that they need to get out of this habit uh, of the habits they have, the lifestyle of immorality, the lifestyle of drunkenness and drugs, but they never had a hope. But you're in a place now where you can be exposed to the presence of God, to where God is going to take charge, where God's going to do something great. Amen. My God has something for you. And just like that eighth you said he said there's no singing you're right there's not you don't know God but oh when you know God you come down here and you let God make you a new creature in Christ he's going to put a song in your heart amen when I came to God I listened to ACDC and they had us on back in black but now I sing he's coming back amen 
See, that's how God changes the situation when you get to be in his presence, amen. Uh, ACDC used to sing, I'm on a highway to hell, but I got news for you. I'm on a highway to holiness now, the Bible says, amen. That comes from the presence of God. You young people that think there's something out there for you, don't you do it. Don't jump. Don't jump. Oh, but I got a safety line. No, you don't, Brian. You don't have that safety line when you jump in the world. You're free falling. And there's only one thing that's going to happen is you're going to die. See, the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God's eternal life. But when you try to live in this world, it brings forth death. It brings forth death. You see, this world wants to cheat you. It wants to rob you. This world hates me. Now, people that we work, they love me. Don't get what I'm saying, but I'm saying the world, the system hates me. Well, you don't fit in. Thank God I don't fit in. Brother Aber, are you going to ever bungee jump again? I tell people, yeah, I'd do it again. I never will get up there and do it again. And I'll tell you something else I'll never do again. I'll never free fall out of into this world and fall into drugs again and fall into immorality again and fall into alcohol again. Fall into cussing, vile things. I'm never going to do that again. You know why? Because he set me free. He set me free. I usually carry a coin with me and I didn't today, but it's a coin and I'll show y'all and I'll say, see what's on that coin? And I'll tell young people, see that coin? Yeah, what's on that coin? They say, oh, it says Costa Rica. Yeah. What's on the other side? And they say, I don't know. You young people listen to me right now. You listen real close. I've been on both sides of this coin. I've been in the world and I've been in church. I know what's on the other side. All you know is this. If you're crazy enough to walk out and dive into this world, well, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try that, and I'll come back. You're not guaranteed to come back. When they went to rebuild Jerusalem, the Bible says they took all of the gold and silver, and they weighed it in the balance, and the priest would write down how much, and they would give it to this person, and they'd write down. Uh, y'all, y'all come up here. Come up here real fast. So we're crawling. Y'all get right here. Don't get in the water yet. Go over there. Brother Alexander, come on up here. So they're putting all this gold and silver that was going to rebuild this wall. And so he's putting it in this balance, and they go, okay, write it, and they give it to you. And then he weighs this one, and the priest tells him how much, and they write that down, and they give you this amount. And then they write it down again, the next, and they give that, that amount. And they did that throughout the whole tribe. Now, come on. And now they cross over. They cross over. And when they get crossed over, stop. There's some priest, and they got the paperwork. Put what you have in the balance. They put it in there, 
and they weigh it. And you better have on this side what you had on that side. And then the next one did the same thing. They write it. The next one, same thing. And they write it down. But it was clear that they said, what you were given on this side, you better have the same amount when you get to that side. And if God ever saved you, and if God ever changed you, and if God ever gave you a conviction, if God ever talked to your heart, and you protected on this side because <clears throat> when you get to the other side there's a judgment day and I'm going to tell you something you better have on that judgment day what he gave you on that day so April 9th 1980 God gave me a revelation of who he was he gave me a spirit of repentance he filled me with the Holy Ghost I got baptized in Jesus' name. And then the scripture says, continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine of breaking the bread. Continue steadfastly. So there was a revelation. There was a recognition. There was a response. <clears throat> there was repentance. There was remission. There was receiving. And he said, there has to be remaining. And then the last verse, it said, God added to the church daily such as should be saved because they were praising God. Reproduction. And what God gave me on April 9th, 1980, for me to say none of that's important now that I'm going to, I don't think you need to be baptized. And I don't think you really need the Holy Ghost. I don't think you need to live holy. God begins to move. And, and, and if, I, if I accept that. But see, I've been exposed to the presence of God. And if I turn around and I lose part of that. When I get over here, the Lord's going to ask me, what happened to your conviction? What happened to what I gave you? You see, young people, when I came to God, I had to rely on God's presence to be in the, I had to be exposed to the presence of God because my past always wanted to be present. You young people don't have a past. But you dive out. You bungee and jump out into this world. And you lose your purity. You lose your love for the oneness of God. You lose that baptism. You, you lose all these things that God gave you. You're going to have a shipwrecked life. You're going to have a life that's so messed up. And you're not going to think you can ever get back because the devil is going to put that fear on you. He's going to put fear, and you're going to feel condemnation. Paul said he didn't give us a spirit of condemnation, but he gave us a spirit of what? Yeah. That's what God wants to give somebody here. Every head bowed. If you're here and your marriage is falling apart, you need to come and get exposed to the presence of God until you take on his characteristic. And then you'll be able to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Young people, if you're 
mad because your mom and dad won't let you do something or dress a certain way or act a certain way, you need to come to this altar and you need to get exposed to the presence of God. Because when you do, the Bible says you'll love your parents. But you'll respect them. You'll be obedient to them. You see, God has a whole lot going on right here. Every head bowed, please. God has a whole lot going on. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it was like me when I, I was told I had cancer stage four. And, and I, I didn't get mad at God, but I quit talking to him. Maybe you, it's been a long time since you really had a little talk with Jesus. Maybe you're a visitor here and you've never been to a Pentecostal church and you're struggling with a habit. You're struggling with something that the world says you can't, once an alcoholic, oh, that's, that's not true. Because when you're exposed to the presence of God, God makes you a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away. Where are you at today? When's the last time you stayed long enough to be exposed to the presence of God until you took on some of his characteristics. When's the last time somebody you work with or you go to school with and they stop and say, man, what's, there's something different about you and, and they marvel and take knowledge that you've been with Jesus. He told Obosatayamaha. They marveled and took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. What reflection do people see in you? Do they pick up a familiar spirit or do they pick up a Holy Spirit? God's talking to somebody right now. If you're a visitor, I want to invite you to come down and I want you to come to this altar and I want you to just talk to God and tell him that you're sorry. Jesus, God robed himself in the flesh and, and his name's Jesus and he loves you and he wants you to come down and talk to him and ask him to forgive you of your sins. And when you do, God will forgive you and God will heal you. God will cleanse you. God will change you. But you have to make that first step. Some of you are only five or six steps from, from, from finding that divine influence. Some of you are in the back and you're only about 20 steps from coming up here and finding that divine influence. God's talking to somebody here today. God's dealing with somebody here today. If you're a visitor, don't you, don't you dare feel like, I, I don't want to go up there. No, no, nobody thinks any. I had to come up. April 9th, 1980, I interrupted the whole service and ran up there because I knew that I had to change. I knew that I was out of control. I knew that I had bungee jumped off further than I wanted to go and it was the grace of God that reached up and grabbed me and brought me out don't take another plunge don't leave here and plunge out into this world again but come to this altar right now let's all come around this altar come on young people if you've been tempted to bungee jump off into this world you need to get around this altar and you need to talk to God if the world's been calling you, you need to say, oh, no, 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 I'm not listening. I'm coming down to this altar today, and I'm going to let God get a hold of you. Let's get under the influence of God's presence. Let's be exposed to the divine influence of God, and let him change us. Let him turn us around. Let him bring us to a place that we can find that peace that passes all understanding, that we can find that place in God that we're a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away.
consequences of divine exposure. Get exposed to the presence of God and watch and see what happens. You come in hooked, you'll leave healed. You come here an alcoholic, and God will set you free. God wants to set somebody free. If you're a visitor, pray. If you're a visitor, pray. If you're a visitor, pray. Talk to God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, young people. Come on, young. Don't you dare take that plunge. Walk away. Walk away from it. Don't you dare try it. Don't try it. It's not worth it. Don't try it. Come on, husbands. Get exposed to the presence of God. Exposed to the presence of God. Clearing 
you glad to know who he is? Aren't you glad to know who Jesus is today? Forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's love him together. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We magnify your name. Your name is above every name. We exalt you on high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might as well go on through what you're going through. Whatever it is that the devil set in your way and said you're not going to get through it, you're going to get through it in Jesus' name. You're going to get through it in Jesus' name. When you make him first in your life, when you make him first in your life, the Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things. He knows what you need. He knows who you need. He knows when you need something and somebody. He's not going to leave you alone. One of the greatest enemies that young adults fight is that fear of being alone. That fear of being alone. Can I tell you something? You're not going to be alone. When you fall in love with Jesus and you just keep falling in love with him over and over and over again, he said he would supply all of your needs. He knows exactly what you need. He needs you to be in love with him first. The rest of it to come. The rest of it to come. But when he brings somebody into your life, it's going to be somebody that loves him just like you do. You're not going to have to worry about everything else. Thank you, Brother Aber. He and I were sitting over here talking about who was going to preach today. He had told me last week, he said, Pastor, would you let me teach and preach? I said, if you think you can do it. He smiled real big. He said, I think I can do it. I said, well, I did it on my 65th birthday, and I found I could candle two services. So today after he talked, He's, I said, what do you think? He said, I think I can do it. Well, I think he can do it too, don't you? I think we heard from the Lord today. Amen. I told him we're not getting old. We're just getting better. Amen. With age, we're getting better. It's funny. He and I both had cataract surgery. He's had two. I had one. I got another one in a couple of weeks. Getting old is fun, folks. It's not for the fearful. I may have to bungee jump. He didn't dare me to do it. He just told me he did it and I didn't. And my wife told me when I told her I was, she said, you ain't. See, there's the problem. He didn't tell Sister Aber he's going to do it. I asked permission. My wife gave me that look. And she said, uh-uh. I said, Brother Amber did it. She said, he can be stupid if he wants to be. <laughs> I said, honey, I used to bridge dive. I used to dive in rock quarry. She said, that was before me. She said, you got to take care of me now. I've been taking care of her 46 years. She wants to keep me around. And I want to stay around. Just so that you know, we'll be here Tuesday night, but then I'm taking her off for a week. 
It's our anniversary trip. Don't look at me like that. I'm taking her off for a week. I told y'all I was going to do that. And so, after Tuesday night, if something goes wrong, call Brother Aber, call Brother Eastridge, call Brother anybody. He won't be here. That's right. He's going on a cruise. He's taking Sister Aber on a cruise. Call Brother Eastridge. He'll be in town. Call Brother Adam. Call Brother Jason. Call Brother Alexander. Call one of these. Call somebody. If it's an absolute emergency, they'll get a hold to me. And if it's not an absolute emergency, they won't. They'll work it out. Y'all will be fine. Play good in the sandbox while I'm gone. We're going to have a great time. Amen. We love every one of you. Great things are happening. Be here Tuesday night. See what God's got for us. We'll see you Tuesday. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Shake hands, be friends.